And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. High in the air. Brito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 208 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I am here with Andy Bagley. Andy, a league-leading 2.08 ERA for Bill Swift in 1992. How about that? Bill Swift and John Burkett, they basically, whenever they make a public appearance, they have to do it together. They're contractually obligated. Yeah, no, it's tandem bike stuff for those two. Uh, Bill Swift, is like, he's a part of that trade chain that goes back to uh, Kevin Mitchell. You know, Kevin Mitchell comes over in a huge trade, and then Kevin Mitchell, in turn, is traded for Bill Swift. You can take that trade all the way back to, to Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper. It's like the most important trade chain in, in Giants history. You know, now I've got this whole montage in my head of them riding a tandem bike through a park. <laughs> like, you know, and then one of them has an ice cream cone and drops the ice cream. The other one presents them with a new one, and they're sad and instantly happy. There's like 80 uh, cheesy sitcom music in the background. I think we have something here. Well, one of them threw a bowling ball sinker and one of them threw bowling balls. How about that? Yeah, there you go. How about uh, we could get Mookie Betts involved uh, for a guest uh, appearance on, on a bowling episode? And once again, I am stalling because I don't want to talk about the Giants. So let's talk about 1992 <laughs> Cy Young Awards because Bill Swift did not get a, led the league in ERA, did not get one single vote for the Cy Young. Lee Smith did. Lee Smith had a three point one two ERA as a closer, uh, but he got uh, a vote and Bill Swift did not. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, who won it that year? Uh, that was Greg Maddox. He was pretty good. He had a nine. I mean, you know, war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, let me now that I'm on it. Let's do a little AL Rookie of the Year. Who was the 1992 AL Rookie of the Year? Oh boy, 1992. <laughs> well, let's see. The A's had a good run of them, um, but I feel like they were done by then. Um, Walt Weiss was like 88, maybe? Uh, 1992. Oh, he had Griffey. He was already a rookie. Mm, I don't know, like Bob Hamlin or something? I thought, yeah. Pat, no, Pat, Pat, Pat Listach would have been National League at the time. No, or was he American League because the Brewers were in the American League? I'm going to go with Pat Listach. Check out the big Jeopardy brain on Andy Baggerly. It was yes. Pat Listach. Yes. Uh, Kenny Lofton finished second. And then uh, Dave Fleming finished third. Do you remember a, mar- a mariner named Dave Fleming? No, I, I know a broadcaster named Dave Fleming. Right, we were uh, talking Dave, about David him before we came on. Uh, yeah. David Dave Fleming for the Mariners that year pitched 228 innings. He was 17 and 10 with a 3.39 ERA. 
That's pretty freaking good. Wow. Is it two M's or one M? Uh, one M. One M for this Dave Fleming. So that's how we Dave can tell them apart. Fleming. Well, it looks like they just ran Dave Fleming's arm into the ground because yes. <laughs> he pitched 200. This, this is like a cautionary tale. Do, 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 do. Don't do this to your young pitcher. He was 22 years old, and they let him throw 228 innings. Now, you know, I, I don't want the uh, um, the, the cognoscenti of the um, anti pitch count movement to be, you know, calling me at all hours of the day now. But, I mean, that's that's just patently bad. I mean, come on, you can't do that. For the 1992 Mariners, who finished 64 in 98, uh, Dave oh. Fleming uh, pitched on October 2nd. So this is uh, October 2nd for a 98 loss team through 133 pitches in a shutout. Oh, my gosh. Don't do that. That's, that's criminal. That's Don't so that. bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. And they're probably thinking, oh, you know, we're trying to, you know, get him to a, I, I don't know, maybe he's going for his 100th strikeout or something. Oh, he did finish with 112. No, it looks like, looks like no. But wow. Yeah. So basically he, he was pretty much done by then. He made 26 starts the next year. His ERA was up uh, almost a full point. And then, yeah, it was just, uh, the air was out of the balloon from there. And he was out of the big leagues. It looks like he made just, what, maybe less than 50 starts after that, maybe 75 starts after that, and then that was it. So, wow. Yeah. Don't do that, kids. Yeah, and the goal here is to remind you that uh, things can get worse. Baseball can get worse uh, than the, the current Giants because I'm not quite ready to call the season, and the only reason I'm not is because I just wrote about Evan Longoria, and it, that reminded me of the 2011 Rays, who were nine and a half back of the wild card. And then the Red Sox just collapsed and the Rays came back on the last day of the season. So, hey, wacky things are possible. It's baseball. Look, it's a history. Smell the grass, crack of the bat, whatever. I'm just about ready to call it, though. Uh, if you can't sweep the Tigers, maybe you're not a postseason team. I mean, what's crazy is they, they, they keep like going maybe a game or two over 500. Now they're back a game under 500. They're not beating teams that they obviously have to beat because, you know, they still have to play the Dodgers, etc. And yet 5.5. I mean, the rest of this wild card group has not run away from them. I mean, they're the Giants, as of this uh, recording, are, are have won five of their last 10. The Brewers and, and Padres have won four of their last 10. Uh, and the <laughs> Phillies are, are, are just, uh, you know, uh, just two games better than the Padres, too. So, I mean, you look at the Giants, and they have a positive run differential, plus 13. The the Brewers are at plus 23. The Padres are at plus 41. I mean, you know, uh, it's it, it's it's in the realm of possibility, but I just don't think they have enough in their bullpen. I don't think they have um, – I mean, they're, they're healthier, obviously. They got a huge game from Evan Longoria, and I, I do want to delve into that because I thought your piece was really – Really a good think piece. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just don't see this team having that the pieces to, you know, rattle off, you know, I don't know, 11 out of 13, which is what it would take to kind of get back in control of this thing. Yeah, that's I'm trying. You're trying to imagine uh, how they would charge back into the race. And you can almost see it with, like, OK, Logan Webb is unhittable. Carlos Rodon is unhittable. Uh, Alex Wood is Alex Wood is good. Alex Cobb is good. You can. OK, you could see that. Uh, you get some production. Someone gets just absolutely scorching hot. Well, it's not going to be Brandon Belt now. Uh, but you're you're thinking, okay, it's Lamont Wade Jr. It is Evan Longoria who's doing it now. It's a couple people at the same time. The bullpen is is the the one for me that is just a, a no no sale. I just I'm not buying it with this bullpen. I don't see that kind of run happening. I don't see the Giants scoring enough to overcome that. 
that's where I'm, I'm okay. Even in fantasy land, I don't see this happening. Yeah. And you know, it's not like there aren't other people that they could call up from AAA. I mean, Scott Alexander has quietly had a very good season and I was out in Sacramento yesterday, um, you know, just cause I'm not on this road trip and got to see, you know, Cole Waits pitch for the first time at AAA mm. and he was throwing 97 uh, and, and, and seemed to know where it was going. Um, and, and I saw Ken Giles throw for the first time and he, he just, you know, slidered everybody uh, to death and, and only faced three batters, gave up one home run, but you know, it looked, looked pretty, pretty good. It was throwing 93 with the fastball, obviously not where he's been in the past, but uh, you know, he's a guy who, who knows how to get big league hitters out. Um, and then, I mean, they've even got Shelby Miller, <laughs> the guy who was once <laughs> traded for Paul Goldschmidt and he's been mostly used as the closer there. And, and, and his stuff has ticked up a little bit in relief and, you know, somebody who could, who won't be intimidated by coming into a major league environment. But the problem is none of those guys are on the 40 man roster. And, you know, you're going to have to make some tough choices to to make room for them or any of them. And I, I do think we will see one or more of them, uh, you know, in September. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's the the lack of optionability in that bullpen uh, was really something that helped them last year. And they haven't had that this year. We talked about that on the last podcast. So, yeah, they do have other choices. But, I mean, it's just they don't have the fluidity to, to run people up and down like they used to. I uh, was I just clicked over to the 40-man roster to take a look, and this is a new one for me. I've always wanted this to happen, uh, but now it actually has. Being on a podcast, going to the 40-man roster, and seeing a name I've never heard of before. Are you ready to talk about Jonathan Bermudez? Wait, what? Who? Do you know who that is? Um... No, I don't. Was he just claimed? I have no idea. It's He's right between Jose Alvarez and John Brebbia, so I know I'm on the right team. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, amazing. I've always wanted this to happen. Uh, he was uh, formerly of the Astros. He was claimed off waivers yesterday by the Astros. Yeah, a lefty assigned to AAA. Okay. Um, Ooh, and then they, Are you uh, looking oh, at these uh, stats? Yeah, I do. I see it. So basically, they created a 40-man spot by recalling Gregory Santos and putting him on the 60-day IL. Uh, so his season is pretty much over. Um, and yeah, wow. Um, that's Those are some stats right there. <laughs> this is the curious one. Uh, we, I guess I'll just uh, lay it on you. ERA this year in AAA in 19 uh, games, 14 starts. His ERA is 8.96. That is, again, 8 0.96. He has walked almost five batters per nine innings. Uh, he strikes out fewer than nine uh, a, a batter per inning. So there's something there. He throws a knuckleball. He's got a gyro ball. He's got something that the Giants are keen on. Okay, so this is what the Giants are doing now. Um, apparently, he's been dealing with a hip injury. So maybe mm-hmm. they're seeing this as somebody who just hasn't been super healthy. Um, and they can you know, maybe try to, to unlock something. But or or maybe it's just a deal where you know what he's he's a guy that they could claim and then stash and and who else is going to claim him so maybe they can then you know DFA him and keep him and then it's just one more person they can have in their system I mean maybe that's they're going to call up some of these guys that we just talked about from Sacramento and they need people to replace them and they don't have them and so he could be a guy who could just go eat innings at Sacramento I don't know I'm, I'm spitballing here a little bit but yeah obviously you you don't see this and look at the numbers and think yes. Yes, the, the cavalry has arrived. 
I, I'm mostly bringing it up just to point out that the 40-man roster is not overstuffed with uh, players that the Giants would have to hem and haw about and go, gosh, but we really want, uh, oh, I don't know, gosh, we don't, I mean, look, it's it's a 40-man roster with some players you're not going to remember by next week. So I think they're, I think you're right. I think you might see uh, a Cole Waits because he's going to be, if I remember correctly, Rule 5 eligible this offseason. So I think you will almost guaranteed to, to see Cole Waits before the end of this season uh, just because he has to be put on the 40-man anyway. Uh, and then some of the other guys you're talking about, uh, Shelby Miller, I don't know, Alexander, sure. This is the time, this is what you should be watching the Giants for. Less about uh, the wild card chase and more about, okay, what? let's look at some guys, see how they fit for the 2023 team. You know, the only thing that would make me hedge a little bit on your confidence about Cole Waits is you don't have to add him to the 40-man until um, the protection date, which is, I think, in like November. Mm. And I think this is an organization that's shown that if, if they have a free 40-man spot for, for eight hours, you know, they, <laughs> I, mean, I think they had five minutes between putting Tommy LaStella on the roster. Um, they, they, they use it. They'll use it to claim somebody else. And so, you know, if they put Cole Waits on and they have him pitch in the big leagues this year, then he's taken up a 40-man space a few months before he'd have to. And honestly, I think that they see some value in that. In, in being able to use that spot. I mean, they definitely, it's been part of their kind of organizational uh, philosophy. And, you know, it, it's led to a lot of just sort of, you know, scattering things about and you end up painting over a canvas and painting over that canvas. But, you know, you also find have found a few interesting players through that process. So, um, you know, like a Luis Gonzalez being a good example. So, yeah, I, I, I do think there's a chance we could see him, but I don't know if it's necessarily guaranteed just because they have to protect him this offseason. Uh, what do you think the odds are that we will see Andrew Vasquez, that player I have definitely thought of before this podcast? Uh, I am not just <laughs> finding out about him for the first time either. Andrew Vasquez uh, looks like he's doing well. Big, strong, tall lefty uh, doing okay in Sacramento. I, I see yeah. him coming up. Yes. Yeah, he he, uh, he actually I've heard some good things about him. But um, uh, you know, talking to some of the folks uh, um, like Johnny Doskow, they're, they're really really great announcer in Sacramento. The the most bewildering thing is you think you've seen player movement. You see, you think you've seen <laughs> you know guys who are going to have their rando jerseys in the team store in the game use section and think who the heck was that. They've used 88 players at Sacramento this year. Holy 88. I know. Cole Waits uh, and, um, and and Ken Giles became numbers 87 and 88 when they debuted um, yesterday on, on Wednesday. And that's crazy. I took a, a I, I went and looked at their game notes, and they were really, really thick. And I thought, why are they using so many pieces of paper? They've got, like, a, two pages of just transactions in the game notes. And I did one of those, um, like, I, I like did one of those iPhone videos where I just like comically scrolled down and just scrolled all the way through it. You think, it's one of those gags where it keeps going and going like the spaceship at Spaceballs where it, just, it never ends and at some point it becomes ridiculous and then it keeps going. That That's kind of what it felt like to be to be checking out that transactions list at Sacramento. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wow, I had no idea, but I'm looking through it right now, and yep, that is a lot of names. And you've got, you know, some guys who are passing through because of rehab, but you have a lot of guys who aren't. And you just, and it's a, a rule, it's just cavalcade of players who have been on the 40-man roster, who have been cycled through, the Kevin Padlos, the Luke Williams, the Steel Walker, Donovan Walton. I mean, they're all there. That's Sacramento for you. They're all there. And so is Evan Longoria, because he had, went there for a rehab assignment. And um, now that is my very seamless segue, segue into Evan Longoria. Because I thought what you wrote was really interesting. You know, it's been sort of bandied about, oh, what if they pick up his option? And I think the very, very you know reductive thing to think, which I'm very, very guilty of or, or not guilty of, but I've definitely done myself, is, oh, they're not going to pick up that option. You got to be kidding sure. me. But when you go and really think about it, as you did, thank you, um, <laughs> there's a $5 million buyout on a $13 million option. So you're basically talking about $8 because that $5 million is done spent. Yep. So... So is, is Evan Longoria worth $8 million? And for a team like the Pirates, no, he's not. For a team like, um, I don't know, uh, the A's, no, he's not. That would be half your payroll. But for the Giants, who will give $5 million to Matthew Boyd and let him rehab for the year, um, you know, who, who basically you know, spent $12 million uh, on dead Zach Cozart money to get a prospect, uh, is Evan Longoria for $8 million worth it, given that if you have him – in a role where you're not counting on him to play 120 plus games, uh, but you're still getting that level of production, and you do have a DH, and you know he's able to, you know, when he's healthy and right, to to still make a big impact on a star level impact on a game, you kind of think, yeah, that that does make a lot of sense. It is really a fascinating thing, and I wrote that column. From the from the starting point of, I don't think the Giants would make J.D. Davis a full-time third baseman. I think he is going to play more of a Darren Ruff role, cycling through the corners in the D.H. spot and out. Uh, he's going to be that. And if you don't buy that, if you think that they would actually put Davis there full-time, maybe this whole premise is moot. Um, I don't think they'll do that. So now you start to look at it. Uh, look, there is a, a stat that it, it turns war into salary, projected salary, how much this player's worth as far as salary to a team. And it's a flawed stat. There's a, a lot of problems with it, but it gives you an idea. And according to Fangraphs, Evan Longoria, just what he's done this year, has been worth about $13 million to a team. So even if he's not producing quite like he is this team or this year, uh, it would be close. It would be close to $8 million. Just what you've seen, injury-filled and all, uh, down stretches and all, this version of Evan Longoria is worth a healthy amount of money. And look, I know there's veteran fatigue, and I know that the idea of we're just going to account for the fact that he's going to miss 300 plate appearances or he's going to miss 81 games and we'll figure it out and we'll make up those at bats and plate appearances from somewhere else. I get that that did not work this year on several levels for a lot of players, but I don't know. It's not the wackiest idea in the world. He's a, a beloved 
figure in the clubhouse. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I also think the Giants fans are going to grumble like hell about it. You know, and, and also he's a good conduit to that clubhouse. I mean, he, he played with Gabe Kapler. I think that, you know, he's someone who you know, brings a lot of stability in that room. You know, he recognizes that the modern approach to sort of hitting preparation, it, it means that you're indoors a lot and you've got your nose in a laptop a lot and you're not out there hitting on the field with all your teammates all the time. And so, you know, we're in San Diego and he, he decides he's going to orchestrate a home run derby during batting practice. So everybody's <laughs> out there together as a team, something that you never would have to, you know, think about doing in the past because everyone would be out there anyway. But, you know, I think he kind of gets some of the ways that you build camaraderie and you create a little bit of leadership. And you don't pay someone eight million bucks to do that. I mean, nobody's going to be paid multiple million dollars to be like basically a mascot or, you know, a cheerleader or what have you. But there is a value add there. And I think that it's probably another factor uh, that would another box that you would check um, for a reason that you might want him back. So here is when you're talking about the Giants organizational depth chart at third base, you have J.D. Davis, right? You can play him at third. But if you're looking for the future, if you're looking for a young player, well, here's David VR, right? He is uh, just 25 years old. He'll be 26 next year. He has hit the snot out of the ball in AAA. He has a 406 on base percentage, 635 slugging percentage. He's hit 27 home runs in AAA. He looks like he could be a guy for a while, but you don't want him as the opening day third baseman. He hasn't proven that yet. You don't want to put all of your eggs into the David VR basket, but you're still curious. How do you square this circle? Maybe you bring in a veteran. Maybe you bring in a veteran that you would have to rest a lot, someone who's good in the clubhouse. I mean, you would bring in someone like Evan Longoria. And if he stays healthy for 600 at-bats or 600 plate appearances, great, that's perfect. If he doesn't, well, you're able to see what you have with VR without the pressure cooker, without putting all of your eggs into that basket. If Evan Longoria didn't exist, the Giants would kind of have to invent him. And I think that if you have a VR who just becomes irrepressible, where he's just on fire and you have to play him, uh, which is, of course, what you want to have happen, um, you know, you've got a guy like Longoria who's already achieved in his career and probably isn't going to be playing for another big multi-year contract. And if you had to sit him down, he'd probably understand it. You know, he's a competitor, so he wants to play. Everybody wants to play. But you probably wouldn't have a crisis on your hands. I, and maybe I'm making some assumptions there, but just knowing him as as, as for the little bit that I have known him, uh, I I think he's you know he's a he's a pro, and uh, you need pros in the room. So that's this is kind of what I when you're looking for the next month of the season, and you are looking for. Uh, what to watch. That's the sort of thing I think you should watch because there's no way that David VR, even if he goes bananas in September, gets called up, just has a fantastic September, he's not going to go into the offseason as the uh, guaranteed starter. All the questions are answered. This is our guy. Check that box. Uh, I just don't think there's going to be a way, but there's going to be a way where you're, you're more convinced on Longoria where you're saying, yeah, yeah, he's still, he's still the player we thought he was. He's going to help next year. You're still going to see, uh, you're going to get players like Tyro Estrada. Can he hit enough to where you're saying, okay, this is our primary second baseman again. This is our primary infielder going back and forth. These are the things you're looking for, are the players who build themselves into a role for next year. And there's a few of them on this roster. Yeah, especially, you know, uh, Luis Gonzalez. He'll be back up pretty shortly. Um, Lamont Wade Jr., uh, great example. You know, what? just where where does he stand? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, there was a point where, you know, it was like Jalen Davis, Lamont Wade Jr. It's, they're kind of on the same 
standing right now, you know, and, and obviously that changed. So, um, but you know, it's a tough game, man. It's it's a really difficult. It's a really really difficult game. It's especially difficult if you're a hitter and uh, to compete in today's environment. And and yeah, nothing is ever sort of guaranteed or given to you unless you have the guaranteed contract, which a lot of these guys don't have. Uh, so. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be, it's a little more individualistic. And I think yeah. that that sort of doesn't really go with the, the team ethos of next man up. But um, there are going to be a lot of people playing for themselves in, in these last, uh, you know, six or seven weeks. The ones that I'm most fascinated by is Jacob Junis because he is pitching like someone who belongs in a major league rotation. He is, uh, his command is outstanding. He has proven that the slider, even if you've seen it a second time, a third time, that it's just a really hard to hit slider. It's a pitch that is you don't want to call it a magic pitch because you were reserving that for Mariano Rivera's cutter or something like that, but it's pretty darn close to a pitch that is a unicorn style pitch that just you don't find. You don't see a slider like this. So is he going to enter the 2023 uh, season as a uh, member, an established member of the Giants rotation? No idea. It's fascinating because you're going to have Rodon leaving. Do you just slot Judas into that spot? I don't see how. But you have Desclafani coming back. That whole thing is fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, I think, again, when we look at the calculus with the Longoria, it's, you know, this is an organization that if they spend $8 million on him, it should not stop them from doing anything else under the sun that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may not be the case if you're, you know, a team like the Pirates um, or the Marlins or, or the A's. But, um, you know, they they should have the wherewithal to create more depth or create more, you know, front level, you know, roster um, value, um, you know, with everyday players or, or no doubt, you know, top of the rotation pitchers. They, they, they should be able to not have to choose one or the other. They, they should have enough resources to, you know, throw a little bit of money at all these problems. Yeah, throwing money. I mean, we saw... We saw the schedule get released in, and what's interesting there is that the Giants will open their 2023 season in Yankee Stadium, so this will give them the opportunity to bring a returning Yankee hero back on opening day, get the standing ovation from the crowd for services rendered, just tip his cap. Gardner, great giant, everyone. Tyro Estrada, you stepped on my joke, damn it, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. no. But seriously, uh, Aaron Judge is going to be, it feels like even with Trey Turner being a free agent, you almost assume that A, the Dodgers are going to try and re-sign him, and B, he plays a position that the Giants are already committed to for next year, even if that can something can be worked out there. It seems like Aaron Judge is just, we're going to be talking about Aaron Judge a whole heck of a lot for the next couple months. Yeah, yeah, we will. And I don't have fatigue about that already. I have fatigue about thinking about the fact that <laughs> we will. You know, it's because it's it's that way about any one player. And then and then, you know, uh, our listeners and readers will start to get their hopes up, perhaps irrationally so, and then those hopes invariably get dashed more often than not because you know, if there are 30 teams that want somebody, then 29 teams are going to be disappointed. And I think that uh, the whole Seiya Suzuki thing was kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, I'm writing about this guy a lot. He really would fit the Giants. You know, he seems like he'd be you know, great in the community, be a, a guy that you'd pay to come watch. And, and, and he does a lot of things that are exciting. And I'm probably just doing everyone a giant disservice because even <laughs> if it's still like, a, you know, it's probably like a one in in. 20 shot that the Giants actually get him. And and sure enough, they chose the Cubs. So, uh, But it, it's that way for every free agent. And if, if you want to reduce those odds, 
uh, down to almost a singularity, then you're probably going to give somebody a really, really stupid contract. And, you know, someone's going to give Aaron Judge a really stupid contract. I will say, however, there was, I don't know if it was a week or two weeks, where the Giants were close to trading for Giancarlo Stanton and were one of the finalists for Shohei Otani. And it, this was happening at the same time. That I would not trade that for anything. They didn't get him. It was disappointment. They uh, didn't. They didn't get the rose or whatever uh, Evan said. But boy, that was just an exciting off season of an exciting time to be a Giants fan and, and just dreaming, dreaming about Otani and Stanton on the same team. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Those were fun times. I think, if my memory is correct, the Bobby Evans we did not get a rose line came when. Uh, John Lester said no to them. Oh, that's right. I think. <laughs> that's right. That's so. Right. That's going back a ways. And think of the sliding doors. If John Lester doesn't go to the Cubs, maybe the right. Cubs don't win a World Series, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, the Giants did not get a rose. And you know, I don't I don't blame Giants fans who are frustrated that they seem to you know the the company line seems to be well we tried we mm -hmm. made we called the Nationals about Juan Soto well we we tried for Bryce Harper we finished second you know at some point um, they're going to have to not try but succeed um do or do not there is no try as some famous person once said um <laughs> so yeah i i think if they you know if they basically you know finish second on aaron judge and he goes you know somewhere else or the yankees or wherever and they say well we you know we tried we were right there then i i just don't think that they're going to have much credibility selling that as a oh well okay well good good try good try guys do or do not there is no try uh winston churchill Famously, ah, Winston, that's right. Winston Churchill. Yes. Uh, you know, when it comes to Giancarlo Stanton, you're looking at him, and right now he's hitting 228 with a 309 on base percentage. He is on the injured list. That sounds bad. He's 32. At the same time, man, I just want to watch him hit big beefy dingers all day, every day. <laughs> like he's he's one of those players that transcends. Uh, production and war. He's worth 1.1 war this year. That's not worth what he's making. No, but he's a presence and that's what the Giants are lacking. Uh, I can probably find players on the Giants who also have a 1.1 war. I think Tyro Estrada is close to that. I like watching Tyro Estrada. I think he does a lot of things well. I would rather watch Giancarlo Stanton. And I think Judge is one of those players where even if he's uh, on the roster intermittently because he's, he just can't stay healthy, when he's there, you want to watch baseball and that's what the Giants are lacking yeah and, and I think whether it's Judge or whether it's Otani um, I, I do think that they they do need to add somebody who is a, a marquee draw and you know I, I understand the thought process that you know teams that really win and achieve are the teams that come up together and that goes for small market teams like when the Royals had their big bump of you know Hosmer and and, and everybody in, in that cohort that came up together and they won a World Series and obviously you can't keep that team together very long if you're a small market team but you look at the Giants and you've got Posey and Lincecum and Bumgarner and Kane and you know we know all the names and that was a core that was homegrown. And I think that when you're looking at stability, that's the way you do it. And the mercenary approach, I mean, we've seen the Padres do it a dozen times already. You know, they scale up, they scale back down. We'll see if it works for them this time or if they end up trading Juan Soto a year from now, which they very well could. Because, um, you know, they're going to need to replenish that system that they just emptied out. 
So if it doesn't work, they could scale back down real quick. But you know, just how sustainable is that? And so I understand when you talk to people in the Giants organization, they say it's really about the farm system. It's about bringing up a group of players and sort of one big tidal wave of talent, and then um, you've got them as your infrastructure for you know half a decade, and then you 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 know you, you basically spackle in around the the, the margins. Uh, with the roster after that, which they have the resources to do. So I totally understand that's the way you you build a sustainable franchise uh, that's successful. At the same time, you know when you're waiting around for that to happen, you you kind of need someone that you know people are going to want to co-see. And I think that you know Buster retiring and not having that kind of you know national superstar level player. All apologies to Brandon Crawford. He he's one of the greatest giants in franchise history. Um, but you know uh, I think Buster's got that that different sort of name recognition. Not having someone to kind of take that mantle where there was always someone going back to Bonds and before Bonds who, who was that player. It, it's left a vacuum. And I think it's a vacuum that that a lot of people maybe in the organization uh, kind of didn't recognize would, would be there and would be as significant as, as it has been. Yeah, Bonds is the counterpoint, the historical counterpoint to the idea that, oh, mercenary stuff doesn't work because, well, Barry Bonds. Uh, at the same time, when he joined the 93 Giants, he joined Will Clark and Robbie Thompson and Kurt Manwaring and Royce Clayton and Matt Will. Williams and Darren, uh, Darren Lewis wasn't quite homegrown, but you get the idea. He was there in place when the Giants had all this homegrown talent. And when that homegrown talent w- went away, well, then you started having some of the darker days where the, the 94, 95, 96 Giants uh, who weren't as good. But the, the point stands where, yes, you need that wave of talent. But if you get your chance to get a very special, unique player, Bryce Harper would have qualified, Giancarlo Stanton, even if that hasn't worked out perfectly in the future, Soto, Shohei Otani. Aaron Judge is like right on that line for me. Uh, But yeah, one of those players, I think it's past due for the Giants to to spoil their fans a little bit and get one of them guys. Either that or you just wait for Vaughn Brown to hit 400 in the major leagues and steal 80 bases, which he could do. Vaughn Brown. I love Vaughn Brown. It's one of those situations where he's 24 and he's probably a little bit old for his league. But then you look at the stats and you go, well, what do you want him to do? That. Like, that's what you want him to do. Like, you're going to complain about that? No, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Maybe we'll see him. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Are you a big yeah. Vaughn Brown booster? Um, i tell you what. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm writing about him right now, and um, he's, he's very, very unique. Um, you, you watch him, and the, the stats that you see that pop off the page, he pretty much personifies it in the game. He can take over a game. And I, I could go on and on and on about him, but uh, maybe we'll save that for the next podcast when I actually have a story that's, that could be a companion piece, But and plus we're at time. But I will say... Von Brown is is not smoking mirrors. We uh, did a whole when you were gone. I did a whole podcast with Melissa, uh, our editor, who is a minor league expert, and we did not mention Von Brown once. <gasps> Someone what? called us out on it, and uh, so uh, to the person who called us out, uh, you you will get uh, rewarded. You will get rewarded in the future. You will get the feature length treatment. So look for that. You will get brown content. It will be produced for you. All right, you will hit that brown. All right, this has been episode 208 of the Bags and Frisbee podcast. We will be back on Monday. Once again, I didn't think about this. Uh, yeah, Monday looks good. We're clean. Mon- Monday? Yeah. Oh, okay. good. Monday. All right, we'll see you on Monday. Thanks so much for listening. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.